another episode of A Pastor and His People. I'm Pastor Dave Keene, and I'm here with uh, Miss Helen Loveless. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This podcast really is designed to uh, help get to know uh, some of our membership and kind of hear how the Lord has kind of worked in their life. Uh, Miss Helen, uh, how long have you been a member of Park Baptist Church? Since 1967. That's a long time. That's a long time. You know, I didn't realize it till we were having supper one night, and I, it hit me, and your mother-in-law was there, and she said, you've been here 50 years, and I said, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but you know, it doesn't seem like that long. Yeah. Well, why don't we kind of go back a little bit. Tell me how you became a Christian. Well, Pastor, it was, I can't really say uh, where I lived, we grew up behind a church, Northside Baptist. I remember two pastors, Pastor Boone, he was an older man, and Pastor Hawkins, not the Hawkins yeah. that was here. But um, they had children, and we played with them, and we were always doing something at church. Um, my mom and dad, my dad worked all the time. My mom stayed at home, and she would read her Bible and tell us stories from the Bible and ask us what we had learned at church. Like vacation Bible school, that was a huge thing then. Yeah. Um, I remember there would be children my age, there would be at least 100. Wow. And they took pictures of us sitting on the steps in front of the church. We got a couple of those pictures kind of spread out throughout the church. Yeah. But, you know, now I can't remember uh, a lot of the people that was our teachers because they've all passed away. Uh, When I was about 12, we moved. And... We moved out in the country, and I couldn't take it. It was so black, no lights, nothing. And uh, my mom got real upset because I started having nightmares. And she said that we got to move back to town. Said, our heaven's going to have a nervous (laughs) breakdown. But it it wasn't that. It was just uh, I was so used to people being around me, living on a mill village, uh, there was always people there, and uh, I didn't realize it. A lot of people were coming to talk to my mom for advice. Mm. Her with nine children, and all of us still at home. My oldest sister had gotten married. And where, where were you in the line? I was, uh, let's see, <laughs> two sisters and two brothers. I was the fifth one. Okay, right there in the middle. Yeah, and uh, my mom's health had deteriorated a lot. Back then, you didn't go to the house, hospital to have babies. Yeah. I remember them running us out of the house when she was ha- having her babies. But my mom was the biggest influence in my life. My dad was always working. But there was no fussing, no fighting, no cursing. Uh, on Sunday, we couldn't play. <laughs> Dad said, you come back here and sit down. But we did sing. 
We would mm. sing hymns. Amen. And uh, we didn't get to listen to the radio very much. We got to listen to uh, preaching and uh, the Grand Ole Opera. And, but not much because we had early bedtime. Daddy would say it's bedtime. But, you know, I remember how good the people were to us. Yeah. Uh, even my family, we were poor, and I didn't know it. <laughs> we were, I, re I remember you telling me that uh, growing up, you had uh, one baby doll, yeah. and, and that was all you needed. Yeah, and my brother Frank, he took it under the house. See, our house set up on bricks. Yeah. No underpinning. And he wanted to see what made the eyes move. <laughs> But I loved my brother Frank. He was a good guy. And I found my baby doll with that. Her head was, it was porcelain, not porcelain, but like paper mache. Yeah. Made out of something like that. I found her head. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but it was funny, you know, it, the only baby doll I'd ever had gotten. Because we didn't get presents at Christmas. Well, I know that you were raised in the church, right? So you were taught yes. that by your by your mom. And yes. you know, you remember telling me a story. Um, you were uh, you were. You know, we'll get to your family here in a second, but you were uh, you weren't going to church, right? You were yeah. dropping your kids off, and yeah. then you were going back home. Yeah. Tell me about like what was that commitment? These, you, you know, what I need to get myself walking with the Lord, but getting back into church. Well, I got ashamed of myself. I had uh, Bobby and and Jesse Faulkner were right across the street. We didn't, we were not friends, friends, but I knew them from church, and they asked me, could they pick them up when I couldn't come? Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was having to help my husband because he was at home working. Too, well, he worked only, and then he worked in his garage in the back, and I would have to help him. Well, I didn't mind that, but yeah. I missed not going to church. I had made friends here. The women here were so good to me. Uh, I was invited to all the, the uh, groups that they had. I loved it. Uh, I just got into it, had good Sunday school teachers, yeah. uh, and it, it grew, started growing and reading the Bible more, uh, helping my children, because they had to memorize things, yeah. and they were going to GAs and Sunbeams, and well... I didn't have any boys, so didn't have any yeah. royal ambassadors, well, it, RAs. But th those of you who don't know, that is uh, old school Southern Baptist, right yes, there. Yes, <laughs> I Old school. We even had uh, training 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 union at five o'clock on Sunday night. Yeah. yeah, and I began to come to that. And what what was so good about it was, my husband did not object to me coming. He would do whatever he could do without me. And he, it just made me feel so good that he was agreeable. I couldn't come, get him to come to church. So. <laughs> well, well, tell me a little bit more about your family. You have five girls. I right? have six girls. Six girls, that's right. Six yeah. girls. And um, uh, your husband, Cotton, 
Um, he came to Christ later in life, right? Yes. Um, and uh, why don't you tell him about? I know you. I, I loved hearing the story about his conversion. How did how did Cotton come to uh, faith? How long? First of all, how long were you praying for Cotton to come to faith? Ever since I started coming to church, <laughs> I, well, I prayed for him anyway. Cotton was a very uh, intelligent man, and he only went to the third grade. His mother was uh, divorced. His grandmother was raising him, and his granddaddy was bedridden. Mm. And his, but they were both retired teachers. And uh, he, he just had not had the attention that he needed. And I guess I just lavished him with attention. <laughs> but he was so good to me. Mm. But in our children. And I would ask him, want to go to church with me this Sunday? No. And one time he told me, and I'll never forget it. He said, I'm not going to go up there with that bunch of hypocrites. I said, Cotton, don't you know that's what all churches are full of hypocrites? <laughs> he said, no, they're not. I said, yes, they are. I said, that's what God calls sinners, hypocrites backsliders, people that refuse to acknowledge they've sinned. And he looked at me right funny and he said, well, I hadn't thought about it like that. <laughs> I said, well, that's what it is. It's our chance to renew our life, dedicate our life. He said, well, if you'll stop going to park and go to a smaller church, I might come with you. So I knew I was making <laughs> But when he when he finally uh, come to know the Lord, it was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I never will forget that either. Preacher Divini, my well, it was my son in law really, and my daughter Susan. They were going to Oakdale. Yeah. And Oakdale was sort of in a transition then, and Brian was my son in law was a deacon, very new deacon. And Susan was so concerned about her dad. We knew he had cancer. We talked about it. Now, how old was he then? He was in his uh, 60s, late okay. 60s. Uh, the doctor had told me, and I read everything I could find about it to try to help him. He wouldn't tell people he had it. Hmm. But... As he got older and this started affecting him, um, my son-in-law, he invited his Sunday school class to come and visit my husband. Well, my husband knew most of those men, and they would sit and talk. And then the pastor came, uh, Jerry, and we have known Jerry forever. Yeah. And that's when I was doing yard sales. Mm -hmm. flea market stuff and I was out on the carport and he come to the door and he said you need to come in here a minute I said okay so I went in there and they were sitting at my dining room table tears were just flowing from cotton I said what's wrong are you in pain or something no and Jerry started laughing he said well he is in pain in a way he's given up all that old stuff <laughs> and I said what has happened he said he has just got saved Amen. and I started crying 
but it was happy tears. Amen. I was so glad. And he said, well, why are you crying? I said, well, I've been trying to get this to happen for a long time. Uh, I love the Lord, and I wanted him to love him like I did. Amen. And uh, I wanted him to come to church, but he the, he didn't get baptized. I asked Preacher Ramsey about it. I said, the doctor said no. No, I don't want him. His immune system is so down yeah. that it might give him pneumonia or yeah. you never know. So he said, but you know, that is symbolic. Yeah. said, what's in his heart now is what counts. Amen. Well, one of the things that I always love that story uh, is because um, of your faithfulness uh, to pray for him for 30 plus years. And, uh, you know, God works in his own time. And I know there's going to be people who listen to this who may be going through that similar uh, situation. They'd be praying for a, a child or a grandchild or a spouse yeah. who is far from the Lord. And you know, there's times when we think, like, Lord, will this ever happen? And stories like that with Cotton where at the time was right, God got him to, got, got his attention yes. with his physical health and, and said, now come to me. You know, yes. and uh, he was always a, a good moral man. And I think yes. that uh, he realized that he needed a savior uh, and he... he repented and trusted in Christ. And that's a glorious thing. So, um, well, you have uh, been part of park for over, um, 50 years now, right? What have you, um, you know, you mentioned a little bit, but how has God used this church to grow your faith in Christ? I think that knowing that we were right here on this corner and so many good things happened during the times I've come, there were some bad things too, but I asked the Lord not to burden me with the things that were didn't concern me. I said, Lord, I don't come here because of them. I come to worship you. And trivial things were causing problems. And it just broke my heart to think people would stop coming to church because of something like, uh, they wanted to put car seats in the van, uh, baby car seats. Yeah. When there was only one woman, she only brought her baby, put their baby in that car seat because she didn't want to attend to them. Mm. They come during Bible school, and I said, well, we couldn't afford to buy that many car seats for babies when we only had one. When you came to our church, how many babies did we have? One. One in the nursery, yeah. And, but, you know, when you think about things like that, causing people to stop coming to church, and a lot of them didn't go to other churches either. Yeah, they stopped coming. They just stopped coming to church. Well, there's something that is a sweet testimony when you uh, kind of stick with a group of people, uh, stick with the church through through good times and bads, uh, you know, it's, you know, I think that there's, there's always light and darkness in the, in the story of a church. There's just like there's light and darkness in the story of our yes. life. And, um, you know, the Lord has sustained this church and carried this church through some dark, dark seasons. And, yes. and really, you know, by God's grace, I believe now in a season of, of blessing. And, um, you know, since you've been part here for a long time, over these last several years, especially, you've seen the church really kind of grow. How has that been for you? As wonderful. Some, wonderful. <laughs> it amazes me sometimes, Pastor. I remember the day you came. Uh, there was 
I think we had 79 members here. Yeah. And most of them were my age, or just about my age. And the first time I heard you preach, I said, thank you, thank you Lord. This is a Bible-preaching preacher. Right. And it just made my heart just expand because I knew this is what we needed. Yeah. Well, one of the things I've always loved about you, Miss Helen, is you love the Word of God, right? The yes. Word of God has transformed your life. And um, I know you have uh, been teaching uh, the Word of God in Sunday school and uh, helping uh, lead the, the WMU and you know, our weekly Tuesday gatherings. We just had Tuesday morning Bible studies when we just yes, kind of would dig I into the Word. It, it was a sweet, yes. sweet time. But you've always been one who says, just give me the Word, right? And you knew, which I think in, in like internally, that the way God grows His church is through the preaching of the Word of God, yes. right? No frills, no programs, but if you preach the Word, God will grow His church. I didn't come to church to be entertained, I come to church to worship the Lord and hear his word preached. Amen. And even though I grew up poor, I feel like I'm rich now because God has made me feel like that. Yeah. And between that and my children, and that's my treasure, knowing God loves me. And even though I've not been a good person all my life, I sinned just like everybody else has. And I always knew I was sinning because my conscience would hurt. Yeah. And I would ask God for, for, for forgiveness. And I found it. He forgave me. And he told me he would never leave me or desert me. And I believe him. Amen. Uh, I've never seen the Lord. I've read his word. I can picture him in my mind, but, you know, he's infinite. He's, yeah. you know, and I know you have too. Yeah, well, and it's a beautiful thing. We think about, you know, um, the Bible. I think about a verse in Second Corinthians which says, He who was rich became poor for our sake, yeah. so that we who were poor might become rich. And, of course, the richness he's talking about is being full of God, right? Right. full of the Holy Spirit. And, yeah. uh, and when you have that joy and that peace, you know, um, you know, I just, I've seen you live out your faith in kind of a very unique way. And I remember you telling me one day, you know, preacher, a couple of years ago, we were challenged as a church to, to give more. And, uh, so I increased my, my giving and I haven't missed it. Right. Just, right. just that the idea of just being faithful, right. God yes. blesses, you know, we don't need the things of this world and the consumerism of our day to tell us what we, that we're okay. We need Christ, you know, and I think that you've always kind of demonstrated that, you know, I think that, you know, your generation kind of, kind of having the fingerprints of the great depression on you come from parents and it just is a different world. How, how yes, you do things, is. you know? So, um, what if, if your uh, children, which I'm sure they're going to listen to this, you know, maybe uh, your grandchildren, what would you want them to know? Right. I want them to know the Lord, like I know him. I know they're all, they've all, they grew up in this church, but as they become adults, they chose their own way. Uh, I hope and pray that what I give them of myself and my faith, that uh, it, it, it comes out. And I, I believe what 
the Bible says about uh, teaching a child. Yeah, raise and a child the way he should go, and when he gets older, they will not depart from it. That's right. I believe that. Honestly, I do. Um, but, you know, the only thing, I have a couple that I cannot get to come back to church. Yeah. I say, you don't have to come to park. You can come, just go to a church. Listen to the Lord. Listen to the Lord's word, yeah. and you'll understand why. Um, I have a granddaughter that's been going to Hillcrest in York with yeah. her, her yeah. cousin. Yeah, that's a good man. Yeah. yeah. And she liked it, but her son, when she was, when he was a baby, she put him in daycare at Catawba. He loved them. He loved those people, and they give him an opportunity to be saved. And she wasn't, she didn't know whether he was old enough to yeah. know. But to look at him, he's the one that God gave back to us. He was had heart surgery when he oh, was yeah, two weeks the, old. The, the one, yeah. You should see him now. Um, he, I call him our miracle baby. But when I think about Trip, I think about yeah. Tyler. Yeah. Um, that trips my nephew who's also was also a premature baby yeah well Tyler is playing football his doctor his heart doctor and Hartberg told him said yeah let yeah. him play Get out there. he's fine amen well you, you realize that God does sustain us through through trials and um, you know one just one one question I know that your girls do a great job caring for you and checking on you. I know you you were out for a couple of weeks and you you had seventeen <laughs> phone calls from the church and your girls checking on you. Your dearly love. It's almost like you have become uh, your mother, right? You know, yeah. they come in there, the people love you and seek counsel and wisdom from you. Um, maybe just for those who are listening, um, help them kind of get in the mindset of how hard it is to be a widow, right? You know, to to lose. Cotton, you know, at a young age, and you've been a widow now for um, a good number of years. You know, what are some of the greatest like challenges, and you know, that, that face a widow? Well, you see, we knew he had it for eight years, and I talked to. He wouldn't let me go in with him to to the doctor. Whenever uh, he went, I had to sit in the outside in the waiting room. And one day I got tired of that. I said, he won't tell me what the doctor says. Well, it just so happened that one of our members, her Sandy yeah. nurse, worked there. And she said, why don't you come in there anyway? So I told Cotton, I said, I'm going in there. Oh, you don't have to. I said, I'm going in there. And his doctor said, well, it's about time. <laughs> but, you know, when I realized how much pain he was going through, yeah. it broke my heart because I couldn't do anything. Yeah. But I knew the Lord could. He had it for eight years. We went through it. And he wouldn't tell anybody that he had cancer. He thought it made him lesser of a man because he had cancer of the prostate. and But it didn't. 
it was him, his heart, yeah. his mind, his body, that we loved him. Yeah. That phone that's ringing is Miss Helen's phone, for those of you who, oh. who, are, who are wondering. <laughs> it's probably politicians. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. Well, but um, it, anyway, when he died, I knew he was going to, when, I knew it was time. Yeah. And I didn't want him to suffer anymore. Yeah. But I knew that I would have to spend what time I had left by myself. With that, I would have my children, of course. Yeah. You know, they turned the tables on me. They made me the child and then the mother. Yeah, they, they take good care of you, those girls. <laughs> they, they, love, they love their mama. They love their mama. Well, um, how can we be praying for you? Just, just ask for, uh, I don't want to be a burden to my children. Uh, and I know I've got the most wonderful physician in the world to be there for me. Amen. But as you get older, things start happening to you, deteriorating. Yeah. I'm not afraid of that. I just don't want what happens to me. See, my children are getting older. I, the Lord's blessed me. I, I know friends that have lost children. Hmm. Yeah. I'll just all suddenly. Yeah, many in this church. And and I haven't. And I've got wonderful daughters. I can't say anything against any one of them. Also, sometimes I would like to really shake them good. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of them. But uh, just just that the, the Lord will continue to be with me Amen. and help me through the times that I know that are coming. Okay. Well, let's let's do that. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Miss Helen, uh, for her love for you, uh, for how you have called her into your, your wonderful grace, uh, saved her um, from her sins, and given her your Holy Spirit and the new life in Christ. God, I pray that as she um, uh, faces uh, just a, a body that is um, fading, God, uh, that you would renew her inner spirit, that you would remain with her, that the word that she has held on to her whole life, God, that the that you will never leave her nor forsake her, that that would just become more and more real. We do pray, God, that you would um, allow her to um, continue to live and uh, in strength, not to be a burden to, to her family. Uh, we pray, God, that she would continue not to not only not to be a burden, but to be a blessing to them as she lives out the gospel of grace uh, before them. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for Miss Helen for all the things she's done in the life of this church. Um, as to sustain and encourage the gospel to go forth here. Father, we pray that uh, her love um, and the love that she's shown this church would be evident to um, in all of our members, uh, that we would uh, love this church and love your glory uh, and love the Lord Jesus Christ with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. So, Father, we thank you for Miss Helen. We ask you to bless her this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.